0: good enough for your old man so is arthritis he supported a family just like you're gonna have to do (laughs) no not me i am not falling into that trap every man wakes up one fine morning with the wife and kids where'd they come from they weren't there last time i looked that's because most things in life good and bad just kind of happen to you And a, ponytail, and a ponytail just a hanging, hanging down. down a wiggle, wiggle and a walk and a, and a giggle and, in and a talk makes the world go <speaking> round,
1: round, round, round and
0: the world. like I a big-eyed girl make
1: me act so funny, funny. make me spend make my me money feel good oh baby that's what I like <laughs> 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 it
0: is not dignified to get this drunk you are in training I'm in training for stardom for stardom i don't care how liberated this world becomes a man will always be judged on the amount of alcohol he can consume always and a woman will be impressed whether she likes it or not now
1: come on i'm not gonna make it you are a star never
0: pukes or passes out in public no Ah! holy shit
1: hey Are you okay? You alive? However,
0: falling downstairs is allowed.
1: (laughs) Whoops! Should we let it breathe? It hasn't breathed for 50 years. It's dead. Let's just drink it.
0: (laughs) Hello and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even in the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. And as from that quote that Mike put out there at the very beginning, he's kind of taking over the show because we're going to talk, we're going to actually go back in time again to 1988 when everybody wanted to go to Jamaica and they wanted to hear the you know the Rastafarian music, and they wanted to learn how to do the hippie hippie shake. I think that's pretty much appropriate.
1: Yes, because the luck is gone, the brain is shot, but the liquor we still got.
0: Yes. <laughs> so the movie that we're going to be talking about is Tom Cruise's Cocktail.
1: Okay, before we start
0: this, this is one of those things
1: where I... When I was a kid, I was eight years old when this film came out. I think I saw it by the time I was nine or ten. Um, and yes, I know this is a—I believe it's a rated R film, or if it isn't, it should be. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first saw the cover to this. Like I—I I, I was used to seeing Tom Cruise in Top Gun, in uh, you know stuff like that. Like that to me. The Brian Flanagan cover with the cocktail on it, and the, you know, the blue background, the pink neon, and all that stuff, it didn't look like him to me as a kid. Like, I, I yeah. don't know what I thought Tom Cruise looked like, but that just, I was like, what the hell is that guy? Um, but, uh, Tom Cruise, Brian uh, Brown, Elizabeth Shue, Mrs. Marty McFly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, a whirlwind cast. A movie that really doesn't get a lot of praise, honestly. Um, it did have financial success. It earned $78.2 million at the box office. Um, uh, the total gross was $171.5 million worldwide. worldwide. Um, That's not anything to sneeze at. <laughs> well, the budget for it, according to Wikipedia... Was eleven million dollars, wow! And it made one hundred and seventy one five hundred thousand. It made just north of one hundred and seventy one million
0: total. <laughs> total.
1: So you know, if a movie has an eleven million dollar budget and it makes one hundred and seventy one million total between U.S. gross and when worldwide, I would say it's a box office smash. Yeah, maybe not in the eyes of a lot of critics because. A lot of critics have panned it, and there's been nothing but negative reviews, and um, I'm going to go ahead and read this off Wikipedia. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes reports that 5% of, of 40 film critics have given the film positive review with rating average of 3.7 out of 10. Um, it won two Golden Raspberry Awards for Worst Picture and Worst Screenplay, while Tom Cruise was nominated as Worst Actor and Roger Donaldson as Worst Director. Uh, the film is listed in the Golden Raspberry Award founder John Wilson's book, The Official Razzie Movie Guide, as one of the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever made. You know what? Honestly, screw them. Screw Rotten Tomatoes. I, I am so sick of everybody bringing up Rotten Fucking Tomatoes. I hate that website. I really do. Um, it's just one of those things where everyone's going to have their own opinion. Yep. And. But it... it, it I don't see how a movie that could make all that money... Oh, okay, well, I, I, I start to say that, and then I start thinking, oh, yeah, Michael Bay and the Transformers movies. Um,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, Cocktail, it's a nice little story. It has a lot of adult life lessons in it.
0: Oh, yeah, um, definitely. I mean, you know, it's... it. it you know, I, I love some of the stuff, some of the jokes that were in there, because it was pretty much true. When you see... Uh, I, I'm going to jump way ahead here but when you see Brian actually showing up at Doug's wondrous bar or whatever it is and he's showing up there and, and Doug looks at him and he goes oh I'm in a proctologist's dream huh? I'm in a room full <laughs> with wall <wall-to-wall> to wall assholes <laughs> you, know. you know it's like okay I, I get that <laughs> you know he's right he's surrounded by assholes pretentious people you know they're all rich and that's how it was <laughs> Yep. Uh yep. but, you know, I, I I I have to say the plot of the movie, the the way that Tom Cruise was portrayed in this, it was kind of a lot of the same movies that he's done. He it was almost a typecasting, I hate to say that. Right. Because he played the same same kind of role that he did in Top Gun. He was this wonderful talent who basically was an asshole and didn't know it until the very end. And then he kind of went, Oh shit! I've had a life-altering change, and you know now I have to not be an asshole anymore, and I have to grow up. See, I I don't
1: see um, Maverick and 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 Brian being that similar in characterization because, Bri- like, Maverick knows what he wants to do. He know he doesn't know exactly what what part of it he wants to get done, but he knows he he has to be in the you know in the Air Force or I think it was Navy Air, okay, Navy. Yeah. He has to be in he has to be a Navy pilot. Um, he has to be you know flying. Flying is where he knows he is the best at it. Brian, on the other hand, is he's just getting out of the army. He's he's the nineteen eighties version of um Kevin Trudeau. He's trying to find yeah. a get-rich-quick scheme fairly fast, so he can get on his feet and find his, to quote, to quote Dante, find his station in life. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's not, he doesn't have this storied past that 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 Maverick has. Um, I mean, I, I I see where you're going with it a little bit, but I still think they are two very different characters. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was okay. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. You know, yeah. I now this is this was your first time seeing this movie ever, correct? Yes. Uh, I actually finished it about about an hour before we recorded. <laughs> uh, and, and let me explain what happened there was I started watching it while I was at work on my lunch break. I I took my iPad, had it on there was watching it and I said, "Okay, watched it had an hour of that and then I said, "Oh crap, I got to stop and answer phone calls." So I came back and I came home and Wife goes, oh, well, you still, you still have to watch the rest of it? And I'm like, yep. She goes, okay, well, let's sit down and watch it since Mike and you aren't going to be recording for another, you know, hour and a half. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, sure, let's do that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did enjoy it for what it was. I mean, you know, it was entertaining. It was definitely better than the movie that just came out today since we're recording this on July 30th, uh, Sharknado 2, but that's a other no, story.
1: you can... You cannot compare Cocktail to Sharknado or Sharknado oh. 2. No, no, no,
0: no, no. I can. What I'm saying is that Cocktail was it, it was an Oscar winner compared to Sharknado 2. So that's the only yeah. thing I'm going to go with, okay? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, cocktail, uh, like I said before, uh, Brian, um, oh, crap. What's his last uh, Brian Flanagan? Yeah, Flanagan. Yeah, Brian Flanagan is a army vet at this point I, I assume because this takes place somewhere in the 1980s I assume I, I don't know what I assume because I don't know if he's just getting out of the service as far as like being honorably discharged or whatever or if he's coming home from war or you know yeah. I, mean, I mean I mean he talks about being in the military. But he doesn't, like, because I, I was trying to think if it was, like, if it's set in the 1980s, it wouldn't make any sense if he's coming home from Vietnam since that ended in 73. So right, and maybe he was just in the military and not that's what I'm,
0: in any war. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because, I mean, he comes home and he sees his uncle. He goes to his uncle's bar and his uncle says, oh, you know, he says mm-hmm. to his uncle, aren't I going to get a free drink for, you know, serving our country and fighting in the war? And I'm like, it, what? It, <laughs>
1: yeah um so Brian and Doug soon become you know Brian uh gets a life lesson from his uncle and i I love his uncle I love uncle pat Uncle yes. pat is amazing uncle pat is is the best ever U- uncle Pat and Eddie Eddie the bar patron is like hey that 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 was change yeah. I hand it back to you, you have it in your hand, that's changed. You leave it on the bar, that's a tip. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: you, know what, you know what it reminds me of is there's a show on, I want to say it's TBS or TNT, uh, where it's an Asian Asian son and... Sullivan and son, a, yeah. It kind of reminded me of that, because I mean, I've only seen clips of it. But just yeah. the dynamic that was going on, was that was what mm-hmm. his uncle reminded me of. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, his uncle gives him some sage advice, and and Brian thinks because of his military background, because of his street smart savviness, that he can just go to community college, or actually he thinks first of all, he can just jump right into the business end of the workforce, and they all tell him, no, you're aiming too high, he doesn't have a degree, so he goes to this college. Before that, he goes into a bar, and he meets Douglas Coughlin.
0: Yes. <laughs> I, you know, the the whole introduction. I love that the way that he's he saunters in there and he sees him. And he's like, he's like, I'd like to talk to the manager. Why did somebody piss in your food? <laughs> um. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it, it's just so so good. Uh. You know. So. Um. He goes in. Yeah, he says, I'm looking for the manager. What's the problem? Did you find a hair in your quiche? No, No. I'm looking for a job. Ah, you'd like to put a hair in somebody else's quiche. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where's his actual... Trying to find... uh, uh, You know, um, and it's one of those things. So these two guys meet. They... Doug agrees to give him, like, a test. Um... uh, uh, a test night and, and he absolutely fails it. Yes. <laughs> he gets hit in there with the cash register. <coughs> the waitresses all hate, hate him. Um, <laughs> and, and Doug is just as carefree as can be. And I, I don't know, man, I, I just love this movie. So he's, he's trying to juggle working at the bar and, and work and, and, and doing the college thing. And his, I believe it's business economics or it's it's some sort of how to start your own business course. Right. And this teacher, this, this teacher is the hardest of hard asses. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, you know, he's, oh, that, that's what it is. Um, fifth row, uh, blue shirt, wake, wake, wake up. up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Huh? Uh, ah light dawns on marble head (laughs) and i'm i'm saying this ladies and gentlemen i'm saying that line out of sheer memory because since 1989 i have seen this movie at least 50 times or more i love this movie um if I was to make my own personal favorite movies of the eighties, this might just be number one, and I know that's sacrilege to say, because there are a lot of good movies in the eighties. But um, so Brian's trying to juggle all this and, and everything else, and um, he meets up with uh, uh, Coral because they get well. To I'm kind of jumping all over the place. Oh here. yeah, Brian and Doug work
0: at their at the bar that. That Doug was originally at. Well, let's point out um, that that's a TGI Fridays, because th- I, I found irony yes. in this statement. <laughs> okay.
1: Yes. Because yes. When, he, when
0: they're at the when they're at the business thing with the business class, and the teacher is basically giving him an F, he's talking about you want to have a restaurant bar in every mall, and you want to do this and do that. Isn't that exactly what TGI Fridays has become? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so i just i saw a a tiny bit of irony in that
1: yeah there's a lot of irony in that um so they're working at this you know the bar that brought that um that doug was originally at and uh some fat cat comes in and says you know he 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 sees all the razzle dazzle all you know all the 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 fancy pouring and everything else he's like I want you guys working for me. So he, he goes to the cell block. They both go to the cell block. They meet Coral, who is a photographer for some magazine. I, I As much as I've uh, seen this movie. Rolling Stone. Enemy.
0: Rolling Stone, I remember that. Okay,
1: so it is. Ro- Rolling Stone. Okay. she's a photographer for Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, Brian and Coral hook up, get together, etc., etc., etc. Apparently she's this New York millionairess with her own brownstone, et cetera, et cetera, um, they have a very strange night of lovemaking. It is it was made to be a comedy lovemaking scene? It wasn't made to be serious. I mean, oh yeah, this is no this is no Maverick and and Charlie here, and by Charlie I mean Kelly McGillis and Top Gun. Yes, um, <laughs> just to clarify that for people, not that there's anything wrong with the other Charlies, but just to clarify. Um, so they have this really, really strange lovemaking scene. And and somehow throughout it, uh, D- uh, Brian, you know, basically tells Doug about the sex life and basically opens his mouth about shit he shouldn't be talking about to anybody else. Um, and Doug moves in for the kill.
0: Yeah, and I uh, thought that was pretty slimy of him, but... Well, Doug is... At first,
1: we don't think he's that slimy of a guy, but they did this whole thing uh, in the pr- – like between – in between the date between Brian and Coral and Br- uh, Doug stealing Coral, they have this basketball game and they go back and forth, back and forth and, you know, I'll bet you 50 bucks and this, that, and the other thing and everything else. Um, and Doug was like, you know, I had to get my 50 bucks back. And Brian was like, where I come from, you don't do that to your friends. And and Doug says something else. And Coral comes in, goes over, plants one on Doug, and Brian's just glare. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen, like, a glare like he gave them. Oh, yeah. Um, and she comes over and says, you shouldn't have, uh, you know, told other people about our sex lives. Because it only gets better from here. Um uh, they go, yeah. they yeah, they they go, uh, Brian and Doug um, get into a, you know, Brian goes over and basically shoves Doug, he's gonna, you know, fight him in the bar. Um, Doug's like, there's no brawling in here, that goes for the help as well. Uh, he's like, fine, I don't work here anymore. And he's like, one day you'll thank me for this, the fuck I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, we fast forward, I think it's three years? Yeah. Yeah, it's three years. Yeah. Uh and this is where the Beach Boys kick in and Kokomo. Now the interesting thing about this movie and when I saw it in nineteen eighty-nine, um I was in third grade at the time. And the soundtrack to this movie was out. The soundtrack uh includes uh Wild Again by Starship, The Fabulous Thunderbird's Powerful Stuff, Since When by Robbie Neville. Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bob, Bobby McFerrin, happy, hip, uh, Hippie Hippie Shake by the Georgia uh, Satellites, Kokomo by the Beach Boys, Ray Vaughn, John Cougar, M- Mellencamp, All Shook Up, Rye Cooter, uh, Oh I Love You So, Preston Smith, and Tutti Frutti by Little Richard. Yes. And this was
0: this was probably, for me, I, my parents gave this cassette to me, and kids, this is mm-hmm. you know a cassette. It's it it's like this little magnetic thing that has reels to reels and it was way before the CD that you guys barely remember okay <laughs> i actually had this cassette they gave it to me as a stocking stuffer and i remember oh my god yes <laughs> yes i was wow. listening to this thing and i was like i remember thinking okay well this is kind of cool and when it came to the don't worry be happy i played that thing over and over and over again my mother hated that song <laughs>
1: Well, when I was in like I was saying, when I was in third grade, my third grade teacher, I remember her very very well, Mrs. Hybertson. That's what's her actual name, name. Um, I don't think I've ever heard that name since third grade. Um, any any with anybody else at all, um, Mrs. Hybertson. Uh, she apparently had just gotten married. They were going on their honeymoon. She was going to take a couple of months off from school or something like that, and we were going to have a substitute teacher. And she, she told her entire class that she was going to Jamaica. She was going to Kokomo for her honeymoon. <laughs> so this tied into the movie, this tied into the song, this tied into everything because i specific, I don't remember much of my grade school days except for that whiteout incident in sixth grade, but we'll <laughs> talk about that. We'll talk about that in another episode. Um, uh, uh, her going away party to go on her honeymoon the school actually played Kokomo to wish her well on her honeymoon. So I knew all about this soundtrack. I knew all about <coughs> this movie because I had I had seen it already. Um, so okay, so we get to three years, um, three years later after the bar fight, Brian, because because they have this whole well, is one thing I didn't mention earlier. Um, there's this whole scene in Brian's apartment where he and Cor- – this is before the breakup. He and Coral and, and, and Doug are like, oh, Jamaica, man. Yes. you know The Caribbean, Jamaica, man. You know, no taxes. We can make two or three times what we are doing here. And Doug's like, no, New York is where the angels are and blah, blah, blah. So three years later, Brian's down there. He's doing what he said he was going to do. Um, And – we see uh, Mrs. Marty McFly, a.k.a. Jordan, um, oh, God, what the hell's her name? Jordan Mooney.
0: Uh, Mooney. Yes, because she it's, makes a joke later. Well, it's, it's not Monet, it's Mooney. Yeah,
1: it's, it, it's Mooney, not Monet, yeah. Um, she comes up with some dire straits because her friend, I think it's Dulcie or Dulcie or so, so Darcy, maybe. I, I forget the friend's name off the top of my head, honestly. Um, she was drinking champagne in the sun and she passed out. And so Brian pull volts over the bar, goes to help her, and they kind of strike up a little fancy thing here. A couple of days later, she shows up. And, and ladies and gentlemen, if this is going on too long, me recapping this movie, I'm doing this completely from memory. I'm not reading anything at all. Oh, yeah. Uh, she uh, So she goes uh, back to the bar. Um, you know, he, he asks her if she wants some fruity drink or something like that. She goes, no, I'll have a beer. Oh, a woman after my own heart. All of a sudden, out of nowhere. Now, this is a running joke. I didn't mention this earlier. Um Beer is for breakfast. Drink up or be gone. Yes. Uh, you know, Doug has this special drink that he makes for himself called a red eye, um, and uh, so he walks up. He he looks at at Jordan. And says, "You want to see a grown man cry? <laughs> <laughs> hey bartender, you know how to make a red eye? <laughs> Coglin's law: never show a surprise, never lose your cool." Yes. <laughs> um seeing the two of them like i didn't ex- i didn't know wh- after the fight even when i was younger watching this even not necessarily, not necessarily when i was a kid but i would say like i don't know 1920 about know, 14 15 years ago something like that i still didn't expect the f- i didn't know where the film was going to go after the fight i really didn't yeah um i wasn't sure how they were going to pass the time but Honestly, the pacing and the time of the passage of time works very well for this film. Um, So, Doug is back in Brian's life, and you know he makes him a bet that there's some sort of money scheme, money book behind the bar, and of course Brian pulls it out—not literally. Um, Thank God (laughs) uh, that comes later. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Uh, no uh, not really um so you know uh, you know doug goes on says so have you seen my wife or no he goes you know you know he goes i am married young flanagan bullshit no for real this is true love true love with a kicker she's got millions uh, and he points her, out, and Brian's like, "Who? Blonde Poca- Pocahontas over there, waiting for everybody to notice her?" Hey, hey, I'll <laughs> admit that the
0: suit that she was wearing definitely showed hey, off her assets. assets. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wait, is it um, ass or just assets? Assets, way, still
1: pretty good. <laughs> Either way, yeah. Um, and and Brian still can't believe it, and and Carrie walks over. Um, Carrie Coglin, and, you know, she, she's the stereotypical beautiful babe without a brain, kind of. Like, at least, yeah. at least that's, I mean, she's, okay, maybe she has a brain, she's just very gullible, she's easily fooled, or something like that, because she is just, and, and Doug even says this, when he, you know, later in the film, when he, you know, pours his heart out to Brian, that she knows nothing about his 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 deficits that he has, yeah. Um, so this whole thing in Jamaica happens. Uh, Brian and Jordan, uh, you know, go off and have this amazing time. Uh, and one night at the bar, when Jordan wasn't around, she was off somewhere. I forget where. Um, Brian or Doug tempts Brian and dares Brian to, you know. You know, bag an older woman. Like, why? Why are you with the artsy chick? Why don't you go for the money maker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And uh,
0: you know, all, Brian, all all over fifty bucks too. And that's the thing.
1: Yeah, that's that. That's the key. This entire film, everything is over fifty bucks. Yeah. Um. So Brian goes for it. Finds this lady Bonnie. You know, after, you know, smooth, some smooth moves from him. Like, I didn't think he was going to be able to do that lighter move. That lighter move
0: was amazing. That was. I was kind of (laughs) like, and throws it there at the bar. And I'm like, holy shit, that was pretty cool. (laughs) Kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. So,
1: so Bonnie and Brian are now an item. Jordan finds out about this. She goes fleeing back to New York. Um. And I, I should say, before the, before this happened, she did tell him that she works at Jerry's Deli. Yeah. Um, the cement Danish of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bonnie and Brian have this whirlwind romance, and it, it gets him back to thinking like he was in the beginning of the movie. He wants to get into business, he wants to get into finance, he has all these ideas, he has all this stuff, and... And she owns her own company, but she's like, I can't just push you... She basically uses him as her boy toy, but oh. doesn't want to actually give him any room on the leash to do anything.
0: That was exactly what it was. I, I got the feeling, like, watching him, that he was basically just her little blow-up guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And that was it.
1: Um, So we get to this art opening, and everything goes wrong. He insults the 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 star there breaks the art etc 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 you know Bonnie runs out and you know the guy breaks his nose and uh, Bonnie runs out and it's like you know I, I don't want this to end well you know I don't I don't want us to end badly C- kind of like she doesn't say this but it's kind of like can we still be friends yeah because jesus christ you know things Things end badly. There's no other way to. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the quote right in front of me. Yeah. Um, You know, things end badly or else they wouldn't end. Uh, So Brian tries to find Jordan. Turns out she wasn't exactly honest with him that she is this um, Park Row, Park Avenue princess. Even though she really isn't, but that's like that's where she comes from. Is you know her father is from money and oh yeah and everything else. But you know she's off you know doing it on her own and everything else without any help from them and uh, you know everything about this movie is just at least for me I I still love it to this day. I love watching oh, this yeah. movie.
0: I mean there there were certain points you know I, I felt like her dad was a complete asshole and I mean he was you know here here here's ten thousand dollars go away mm-hmm. what the fuck. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, um, and basically, you know, Brian. You know, the The whole point is when they had their waterfall scene in Jamaica. She found out a few days later, like she was the night that she saw him with Bonnie. She was coming to tell him that she was pregnant. Yeah. Now I guess people could say that it's a little unbelievable about their whirlwind romance and love, and and because. They, they. Well, they. No, no, no. What what I'm saying is, they kind of make it seem, even though it is a couple of days that they know each other, the the way that the way it's written and the way it's it's executed, it makes it seem like it's a love at first sight kind of thing. Yeah. And it it really wasn't. It was over at least a week and a half or so. Yeah. Um, it's still a little too early to be getting somebody you're dating pregnant, but um, (laughs) it happens. One (laughs) night stands, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. So she tells him about the baby and doesn't, you know, he he steps up. He wants to do yeah, everything he can. She doesn't want him in her life. She she throws him out and and that's the funniest thing. Um she does one of those no yes answers. You know what I'm talking yeah. about where where you say you say yes and then you shake your head no. Um uh, she does one of those Uh, He goes back to his uncle, tells his uncle um, (laughs) and uncle. (laughs) It's
0: like, it's like, all right, everybody, bars closed. Get out. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, you know, his uncle's advice is like, well, let's see. She's not hounding you to marry her. She doesn't want you in her life. What's the problem? Like, yeah, really? You know, I I, kind of got it. He, He, you know, he was that kind of no nonsense, no bullshit type of bartender. Right, and the fact that he's giving him this advice, and then he's like, then he pulls out the whole, "Now, if you love her, well, now you're fucked." Yeah.
1: (laughs) Tell me you don't love her. Do you love her? Tell me you don't love her. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um.
1: So yeah, yeah, there is that, and you know, he loves her, and with, and after this kind of happens, after the scene with his uncle. He goes back to Doug. He goes he because all well, his uncle his uncle his uncle's advice is all well and good. He goes back to Doug and wants his friend's advice. Um. And this is where we find out that Doug is just drowning. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean he is drowning in in his own
0: red eyes. Um, he he's half drunk half the time and just. hmm. You know, he's hammering himself and he's just spiraling down, down, down. I,
1: you know, I, I remember as a kid watching this movie n- and nine years old. And, you know, people might say, you know, people might comment on, on this episode saying, oh, you're nine years old. Why are you watching radar My mom let me watch anything. It was just one of those things. She let me watch anything. Um, So I remember as a kid not knowing what... Like I realized, Doug was dead because obviously he said Doug died. Yeah. But it, the way they make the scene look is they make it look like the brandy is the blood.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They kind of they kind of fudge that a bit because I don't think I don't remember. Does he find a gun?
0: No, he slid I, his, I, he slit his own throat with the oh, the, he slid, uh, brandy bottle. That's
1: right. That's right. That's what it was. Um. Uh, you know, so, so that, so, so Doug is dead. Uh, Carrie goes to him and she's, she's ready to move on. She does. She, she's cold, heartless, uh, you know. Oh yeah. She's one of the, she's one of these women. Am I supposed to stay with the same man? Uh, yeah. It's called marriage. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: um, <laughs> she was basically just one of those, Hey, I've got a body and I'm going to show it off and that's going to be the way yeah. I'm going to get through life.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so she gives him, or later on in the mail, he gets this letter from Doug. And I'll, I'm actually going to put this in. Um, I'm going to put most of the entire ending scene at the end of the episode here. Um, and the letter from Doug, like every time I see that scene, it just just shakes me up because one of the things was you know one of the things going back to when he and Coral and and Brian were gonna you know when Brian was pitching him this and you know cocktails and dreams and you know cocktails and dreams baby and all this and all that and everything else and and, um you know Doug is gone and uh he goes to Jordan and he has this explosive fight with her father and you know, she, you know, he he rips up the ch- you know he he turns to Jordan and said, "This, this is your father's way of of handling this. I want to be there for our child. I, I you know," um. And they, you know, they end. You know, the father or the doorman ends up accidentally hitting Jordan when he meant to hit Brian, and he's like, "Don't you hit her, you idiot! She's pregnant." Yeah. Um, and they both leave. Uh, in the elevator scene, when they when it closes the elevator, it looks like he has, like, his hair constantly changes throughout the movie. Not that I really pay attention to this, but oh, yeah. I remember paying attention to this because it looks like he's wearing a, a, a I don't want to say a toupee, but he lo- it looks like he's wearing a toupee slash hair piece. It, it looks like he has a super giant Donald Trump cr- comb over.
0: Yeah. Um, and, it looks
1: really weird.
0: And that was the thing. was like, it felt to me, like, mm-hmm. as I'm watching him. It felt like that they had filmed this, you know, way completely out of order. Like when they were filming the scene with him in New York with his with uh, with With Doug, with uh, not with Doug, with his with um, her dad. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you see him sit down on the sofa. I'm like. Dude, he looks like he's about 19 or 20. What the hell? <laughs> you know, and that was the first thing that through my head. And then you see him, you know, and this is supposed to be that he's three years older than when he was working the bar at the very beginning. And there he looked like he was about mm-hmm. 25, 30. So I'm like, this just doesn't look right. And, you know, that that hair, the way his hair was styled just made him look really, really, really young. And so that yeah. threw me off. And And even when he's, you know, even when just before he gets the bar, you know. Before you see him with his father and when, when they're having the marriage and everything, I was like, man, he looks he looks young in this point. You know, it just looks odd.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So, after this, they go back to his uncle's bar
0: with his uncle's help.
1: You know, he convinces Jordan that he can, you know, he can raise it and, you know, it, it can be cocktails and dreams. They have the wedding. Um, they they have this whole joke now about her being able to spook him
0: <laughs>
1: and, and you know, uh, she says, um, uh, at, at, the end we find out that it, you know, he did start cocktails and dreams and he does do, and I, something I forgot to mention earlier, which is again, it's going to be here in here somewhere. Um, when he was at cell block, he would do poetry do the barman poet um he's doing you know he's doing that um uh at at, at cocktails and dreams and he does it to his his young young child you know uh, um what is it um maybe a fine young lad one day for cocktails and dreams for him to run uh, if a daughter arrives, well, I guess the shit will certainly hit the fan. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> um, she comes, you know, she looks full on pregnant, comes up to him, you know, whispers, I bet I can still spook you. And he says, no way. She whispers, looks at her, twins. Twins? Yeah. <laughs> uh, drinks are on the house. <laughs> no. No! I saw his uncle, <laughs> no. Bar is open. <laughs> Uh, and that's what closes the film. Uh, all right. So, since I've been kind of going on and on and on about this,
0: what were your thoughts on this film? Generally, I liked it. Uh, you know, I mean, it was it was good. I I liked I liked how they kind of juxtaposed with between Jamaica and New York and what was going on and that you actually did have him leaving and going off on, you know, trying kind of find himself, I guess, a little bit. And, you know, he's down there in Jamaica, he's living in Jamaica, he's being the bartender and doing, you know, basically just kind of showing off and smooth-talking everybody. I thought that was excellent. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of like, I kind of got the feeling like Doug was, to some extent, the devil. And here's where I'm going to go with this, is that, you know, he showed him the bad side of life, and he taught him everything, and sent him off, and then he, you know, he gets into this fight with him, and, and... Tom Cruise's character walks away, Brian walks away. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, he's going to turn, you know, he's going to turn to the good side and here comes Doug to tempt him again, you know, to offer him that little bit of forbidden fruit and, you know, make bets to break up his life and ruin his life. Yeah. You know, and then you finally see that Doug really is, he really is just, you know, I don't want to say an evil person, but he had a lot of bad he's, things going on.
1: He's, he's a friend. That has a lot of demons in him. I wouldn't say he's necessarily the devil. Yeah, he's he he is a very bad influence on Brian. But because they had been through so much, I mean, you know, it's yeah yeah. I'm I'm trying to think how long how okay from the opening of the movie when Brian meets him to the time they get to Cellblock, block. How long do you think that is? What
0: maybe six months a year? I got the feeling like it was maybe six months.
1: OK, if it's six months, of course, sometimes in early friendships, friends will screw each other. Yeah. Not literally people. Um, they will get one over on you. Um, and then, you know, you don't see him for three years and then you see him off and on. So, I mean, yeah, I kind of get that, that that Doug wasn't that great of a person, but he never, you know, he never said he was a good person. I mean, I I believe somewhere in the quotes, he, he, when he introduces himself, um, I'm trying to find it here.
0: Go ahead and talk more about your, your thoughts on, on the movie. Yeah. I mean, he was, I I liked Doug. I I liked his attitude. I mean, it was kind of a, you know, happy go lucky. I'm just going to go through life barreling through and, you know, I'm going to hustle. And that was the one thing that I remember workers, Workers don't hustle, or workers hustle and hustlers don't work, was the line, and he yeah. he points that out to Doug or he points that out to Brian, and Brian's kind of like, wow, that's you know, and he it, it's kind of just this assholeish thing for him to say, and mm-hmm. you know at the same time you kind of got to see that he really was just kind of I'm gonna screw everybody and get what I want. I liked yeah, it, though. that's very true. You know, I mean, I I liked I I. You know, I've always liked that character though the the style of that character, and mm-hmm. you know, sitting here watching it, Brian Brown. I, you know, I, I first time I ever saw him was in FX, and we
1: gotta cover those. I love oh, those yes. damn movies. Yes, I didn't. I saw this first. I never knew. But I saw it FX two on some TV station at one point. I never saw them like in order and I saw the first one, uh, I prefer the second one, but, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, no, we'll definitely have to, I think those, are the, this in those two films, the only three things I've ever seen him in.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I want to say that he's been in other things. I mean, you know, but those are the things that I remember him for.
1: Right.
0: Um, holy crap. He was in Australia. Yeah. Wow.
1: Uh, his um Doug introducing himself. Douglas Coglin. Yes. Logic logical negativist flourished in the last part of the 20th century, profounded a set of laws that the world generally ignores to its detriment. So logical negavist or negativist. <laughs> I mean that that basically uh says, you know pretty much uh, that, says it all. That that basically says it all about his character. See, he's at times he is a bad friend, but he's not a completely... He he does do very dirty things. Yeah. But he's not, like, he's no Megatron. He's no, you know, Shockwave. He's no... Um, what's, an, um, what's another one I can think of? Um, damn it. He's... Um, He's no Khan.
0: No, <laughs>
1: you know. He, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I really hate to bring Ricardo Mont- Montalban in this, but I mean, Khan, you know, he sets out to be friends with the Starship Enterprise, and then obviously turns on them. So, Douglas Douglas Coughlin is nowhere near as bad as Khan. Yeah. Um. And, uh for me, the quote that has stuck with me forever and this actually kind of applies to me um a little bit with some of my lack of sleeping patterns um was from brian um i believe he's talking to jordan when he says this you know days get shorter and shorter nights longer and longer before you know it your life is just one long night with a few comatose daylight hours in it (laughs)
0: like
1: i love that i don't know what it is about that quote but i absolutely love that quote because like, for me personally, I, like, right now, you know, it's a little after 11 here on the East Coast, and, you know, I'll probably go to bed around 1, 2 a.m., wake up at 5, go to sleep again at at, at 11 a.m. or something like that. You know, it's just one of those things where I've always loved that quote from, from, from Brian here. Um, where do you, what do you want to talk about next on this one?
0: Well, I... I kind of wanted to mention some of the cast here, just because we all know we all know Tom Cruise. We know where he's been. Uh, I wanted to throw in a little bit here about some of the others, because you know Brian Brown. I'm looking at I'm looking at his filmography. He's actually had quite a bit. I didn't realize this. A lot of it looks like it was uh, like Australian films, uh, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them look pretty decent. I mean, I'm seeing here he was in. He was in a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea TV movie. Uh, He Mm -hmm. showed up in Journey to the Center of the Earth in a miniseries back in 99. Uh, He was on the old school TV series uh, this year, actually, 2014. Um, The Good Wife. He was in, he he was Luke O'Neill in the original Thornbirds TV series. And I remember my mom making a big deal about this, (laughs) because this was her thing. Uh, you know, and of course, as we mentioned before, FX and FX2. Those are the two yeah. big movies that he really starred in. Um, but, I, you know, I, I really liked him. And I, I guess it was because he had that, you know, he had that down-under accent.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Abs- like, he's... I really don't think I can compare them, but I really want to. They they, they didn't really, I don't think he ever used his, his down-under accent. I don't know if he had a lot of it left, but Brian Brown is the older version of late 90s, early 2000 Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah, I, I will um, say that. You know, uh, technically Brian Brown could almost be a opposite of Mel Gibson even though Mel very rarely used his Australian accent
0: in films. Yeah. I, mean, so. I liked him. Um, of course, I've got to mention Elizabeth Shue, because, <laughs> oh <laughs> my God. Oh. Okay,
1: first of all, i, I got to see, um, I'm going to have to uh, send you a picture at some point, hopefully you can put it in the post, if I can capture it. The funniest thing about this movie, I never knew this trivia about this. It was after the movie had come out, it was year like it it had to have been like, like I said earlier, about 10, 15 years ago. I didn't know this until like and I I follow I've watched this movie all my life and I still can't believe I didn't know this. In the 90s, there was a Fox television show entitled Melrose Place. Oh. where her brother Andrew Shue was the star as Billy. Andrew Shue supposedly has a cameo in the bar scene at the end of the movie.
0: Oh, jeez. Why does that not surprise me at all? <laughs>
1: um, what surprises me is what they, what they have for her, like the most known for on IMDb. Uh they have Hollow Man leaving Las Vegas, the karate kid. I didn't even know she was in the karate kid. I don't remember
0: that at all. She was uh I, I wanna say she was his girlfriend in the first oh, in the very first. Okay.
1: One. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Um uh, look here. Uh she was Allie, yeah. yeah. Um I of course remember of course her to the future
0: too. Yeah, and I remember her from Adventures in Babysitting. That was you know, when I first oh, yeah. saw her, it was like when she's dancing to the song, you know before she gets to the babysitting bit and she's dancing Mm -hmm. there i was like oh my god she's hot (laughs) okay that was where i was like you know my heart was pounding and i'm kind of like okay Mm -hmm. this you know and this is back in 87 i saw it now i saw it right after it came out on uh vhs so oh my god i'm dating myself (laughs) uh but yeah i i love that and just the fact i thought that she was adorable I thought she was great. You know, the fact that they get her singing the blues in that movie, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was so much better. And, you know, then you come along and you see her with Val Kilmer in The Saint. And I was just like, oh, you know, I, I, I really wanted to like it. I really did.
1: And then she was uncredited in 1998 as a pregnant woman in City, City of Angels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I got to say, one of the, the movie right before that in 98 that she did, Palmetto.
1: Palmetto, yeah.
0: Oh, um, that, <laughs> that right there. She has a scene where she's, you, you see uh, Woody Harrelson is in this film. And she's supposed to be down in Florida dealing with palmettos and, and the heat and everything. It's like a whole murder mystery type thing that's going on. And she takes an ice cube and is running it up and down her neck and across the top of her breasts. And it was like, <gasps> oh, God, you know, and that was it. I was done. Saw that. Nothing further. I, I, you know, that right there. And I remember her coming back and they had a whole thing with her showing up in Hamlet, Two And it was a whole this like joke thing that she was off on hiatus to come back to do this role in oh. Hamlet, Two.
1: My God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You
1: know. No, not Hamlet too. Look above. Uh.
0: Um,
1: uh, right under Walking Madison. Right above Walking Madison. Oh, she was in Piranha three D. Really? Come on now. Uh, she was in several ep- for about two years. Uh, she was on Crime Scene Investigation CSI. So that was kind of cool. Um, she's always been an actress that I've liked. Uh, yeah. You know she. she
0: she always seems to play that that wholesome you know wholesome actress which i liked you know she was never really over the top and i still she's she's 51 yeah you know, and 51. she still looks great oh my god i i'm just like drool it, it, you know <laughs> she is i'll, I'll say it. she's a cougar what can i say <laughs> Yeah,
1: Andrew is her younger brother. So, yeah, he was young when he was in in the in the cocktail cameo at the end. Um all right, so let's see here. What's interesting is I pulled up uh Lawrence Luckenbill who is um her father in this. Mhm. Uh he was in Star Trek for the, the Final Frontier.
0: Oh god. He
1: was in Boys in the Band. He was in Dash and Lily. Um, he has had a career for a number of decades now. He was in episodes, uh, he was in an episode of Mary Tyler Moore. He was in, uh, the TV series FBI. Uh, he was in, um, let me see here, um, uh, TV movie back in 70 called The Trouble with Women. He was in, uh... Let's see. What's another one? He was in the Delphi Bureau.
0: Barnaby um, Jones. Wow.
1: Barnaby Jones. Yep. He's he's done a lot of stuff. He was in uh, eighty-five to ninety-four. He was on Murder She Wrote. Um. So. I always felt though when I, like after I saw this movie, I always felt that I saw him. Like I remember him being somewhere else. Like I, his yeah. voice, it it just it seems like it reminded me of something. Um, I guess we can talk about Coral Gina Gershon.
0: She's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, some of it not so good. Uh, <laughs> I remember her being, and, and this was. I want to say it was either right before or right after. I need to look. Uh, She was in a TV show, a very short-lived TV show on ABC called Snoops. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing that I remember with her when she was doing that show, she was supposed to be like the slutty, rich person who was giving out the money to help them do this. And one of the things that she came out with, Was a nipple cam and she stuck it in her shirt and she's like walking around and she's going, yes, I'm going to use this to spy on everybody. And I was just kind of like, that's creepy. (laughs) You know, Uh, and then, of course, she did show up in Showgirls and that was kind of like she was the bitch in Showgirls. And I didn't like her there. Every time I see her, you know, from the neck down, she has got a smoking hot body. When I look at her mouth, mm-hmm. I think, oh, my God, it's a frog. <laughs> you know, and that's it. She looks... She reminds me of a frog every time I see her. And it's horrible, yeah. but, you know, it it is what it is, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, before Cocktail, she wasn't... Yeah, I would have to... Okay, she was in Pretty and Pink. Um, that's right. You know, that's the only major thing and the the Twilight Zone. She was in a an episode of the Twilight Zone. <coughs> um since like most current she's been in a few episodes of Psych, a few episodes of numbers. She was in Rescue Me for a number of episodes. Um How to Make It in America uh Wilfred. Thank God that show's ending. Um uh most recently she's got uh, she's filming My Dead Boyfriend Um, so there's that. Uh, let's see here.
0: Yeah, just not, I mean, she's been in stuff that people will recognize her for, but again, she's just kind of, she's kind of one of those, I hate to say this, C-list actresses. (laughs) Yeah. You know, not even really, you know, not really special. Uh, I do remember her being in Driven with, uh, Oh god, uh St- uh Sloane. Stallone, yeah. Shit, what? Who was that again? Uh but yeah, it was again, she was not a hugely memorable character as far as I'm concerned. No. A lot of people don't think
1: that movie is hugely remembered either. So yeah. <laughs> there's there is that. Yeah. Um Uh I'm trying to look here if there's anybody else really to
0: mention. Um not really. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like everybody else was just kind of, they were there. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the feeling I got. I mean, you know, I'm looking to see some of the people, some of the people that were in there have gone on to do other things, but they really weren't major parts of this film, unfortunately.
1: Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I'll, I don't really want to get too much in with them. Uh, but overall, I mean, I liked the movie. I thought it was, I, I thought it was pretty good. It's it just, it was... It was a little slow at parts, and I'll be honest with that because, you know, when I saw him when I saw him leave to go off and be with, you know, be with basically be with his sugar mama, I was kind of like, eh, you know, I knew where this was going, and then of course, you know, he kind of has this he kind of has this whole thing of I'm going to apologize and I'm going to try and sweet my t- sweet talk my way back into you know, her, her life and, Oh, look, she's pregnant. And Oh my God, I have to become, you know, I have to really realize who I am now and that I have to step up and be an adult. That was kind of yeah. what I, I thought of it, you know, at that point. Yeah.
1: The, um, the soundtrack for this has, I I really wish they would put out, um, like a deluxe edition of this. I know they never will, but I wish they would have, because, uh, the additional tracks featured in the film that aren't on the soundtrack are obviously Robert Palmer, "Addicted to Love," yeah, "Shelter of Your Love," Jimmy Cliff, "The ma- This Magic Moment," Leroy Gibbons, uh, and "When Will I Be Loved?" The Everly Brothers, which they were actually uncredited for that completely, which is kind of sad. Yeah, um, uh, that hypnotized and boogie. I, I as much as I remember this film, I do not remember that song or yeah. where it is. It might be. It might be the song like that that this magic moment cuts into. I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, you know, Cocktail gets a bad rap. Uh, you know, it really, really does. It it has a story beginning, middle, and end. It's the story of the evolution of Brian. Uh, yeah, Brian Flanagan as a character. Um, it is a little wishy-washy, like you said, with you know him going off with with Bonnie just because Doug bedded. And you would think after three years he would know better than to fall into one of Doug's traps. Yeah. Um, you know, Doug. Doug is. I really don't want to do this, but uh, Brian Flanagan is uh, Dante Hicks, and. And uh, Doug is Randall Graves. <laughs> yeah, he's a much he's a much darker version of Randall Graves. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I, but, I can see it. But, uh,
1: but um, you know, it's just one of them things. Um, uh, overall, I I love Cocktail. It's a movie that I can watch all the time. I have the songs stuck in my head sometimes and I haven't even listened to the music in a while. Oh yeah. Um, It's just one of those movies that really,
0: really lives up to it. And
1: I I know a lot of people are going to tear it to shreds and everything else, but I just, I really dug it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, the, the music, as you said, this soundtrack, I was growing up, you know, my parents, like I said, they gave me the seat, they gave me the tape. And I remember playing that in the truck with my dad while we were driving from San Diego out towards Yuma and we you know we listen to the tape over and over and over again because it's about a three-hour drive and so I, I learned the songs pretty well and I loved it it was a great soundtrack so that was what was most memorable about this movie for me and as I'm sitting down to watch the movie I'm like oh my god wait I'm gonna hear don't worry be happy I'm gonna hear rave on I'm gonna hear you know mm-hmm. the hippie hippie shake I, I remember hearing those and just as soon as I hear them I'm like Oh my God. I remember sitting there in the car with my dad listening to this stuff. So it was just a weird, weird thing, but it was good. I, I did like it, but anyway, uh, I think we'll go ahead and end the show here. Um, I know you've taken it over Mike. Uh, I have no idea what you're going to be pulling out here other than, Oh, it's, it's the entire end scene (laughs) is what it'll be. Sounds good. The,
1: um, the,
0: the, the, the final barman poet. That sounds fitting for this, considering (laughs) where it ends. Yes, yes. So So. uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Uh, I know that I do have one little quick thing that I wanted to add because I know I mentioned this in the Comic-Con episode and I got an email this morning, which I wanted to point out. Uh, I had said that Chuck Rosansky and Mile High Comics were not going to be at Comic-Con next year. And he actually said that he came out and they took a, they ended up taking $6,000 loss. And at the last moment, he decided, you know what, I'm going to renew it for one more year and see if things change for next year. So I I want to let everybody know that. I had said that he won't be back. He is going to be back for next year, at least at this point in time. So let's see what happens.
1: Very cool. Very cool.
0: So. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please go like us on Facebook. I am still trying to give away my Batman uh, my Batman action figure that I have from Comic-Con. So if I can get to 100 likes, I'm at 75 now. All I need is 25 more. So please tell everybody, your friends, post it up, let them know, send them links to the show. We'll go from there. All right? Thank you all. Days get shorter and shorter, nights longer and longer before you know it. Your life is just one long night with a few comatose daylight hours. My dearest Brian, a guy like me looks in the mirror. He either grins or he starts to fade away. And I haven't seen anything to grin about in a long time. This may not be the most graceful exit, but I know when the bottle's empty. But the only thing I'm really going to miss is the conversations we had going. At least I get the last word, even if I had to mail it in. Coughlin's law, bury the dead, they stink up the joint. As for the rest of Coughlin's laws, ignore them. The guy was always full of shit.
1: (laughs) But I guess you knew that already.
0: Well this poem is entitled, Flanagan's advice to his unborn child. Now if Jordan gives birth to a fine Irish son, there'll be cocktails and dreams for him one day to run. A business that shall yield a financial windfall. It better. To be franchised in every suburban shopping mall. A dynasty! Founding a dynasty! Now, if a daughter arrives to bless our clan, I guess the shit will certainly hit the fan. (laughs) But this, I shall promise to thee. I'll never let her marry a guy like me. Still, If our child's the naughtiest of girls or the wildest of young men, I swear I'll be the best dad I can and never, ever get spooked again. (laughs) You bet I can still spook you. No way.
1: Twins? When?